Would you like an opinion on a financial matter you're dealing with? Whether it's about retirement, investments, taxes, or 401ks, Scott Hansen and Pat McLean would like to help you by answering your call. To join Allworth's Money Matters, call now at 833-99-WORTH. That's 833-99-WORTH. Welcome to Allworth's Money Matters. Scott Hansen here. Pat McLean. Thanks for being part of our program, both myself and my co-host. We are both financial advisors, certified financial planner, chartered financial consultant. We spend our weekdays helping people like yourself plan their financial futures. And on uh, we air this program on the weekends to be your financial advisors on the air. And I think we have more podcast listeners today than we have terrestrial radio. So thank you for listening. But then again, we used to broadcast um we used to broadcast live in the Bay Area that we don't any longer. The station changed so dramatically that it, uh, whatever. I don't know. But then again. It's a podcast. It's a podcast. One of how many hundreds of financial podcasts there must be now? Oh, maybe thousands. Maybe thousands. Maybe we thousands. We think ours is the best. <laughs> okay. So I hope you do as well. So let's uh, talk a little bit about debt. <laughs> right because this is that's always the most fun that is to start with. that is but it's it's real we'll take calls during the program that it, it's real the nation debt burden will surpass its historic high point in in decades in decades a hundred and when you talk about debt it's just not the dollar amount it's relative to something right because if my 22, 23-year-old son had 30 grand in debt, unsecured debt. That, that's a huge number to him. If Bill Gates has 30,000 in debt, it's nothing. That's right. That's right. So it, it's relative to something. So right now, we're reaching 107% of gross domestic product. Um, it's projected to reach 107% of gross domestic product. That means- By the year 2031. More than our annual output in. And this is the highest debt. level as a percentage of GDP since World War II. And this is scary. We should all be concerned about this. All of us. Because this debt will have to be repaid. But there's, there's a whole kind of. Uh, this mon- modern monetary theory. I mean, there's a, like a school of thought out there that like debt no longer matters. My son has a, is graduating the economics degree from UCLA. And that's one of the things they study? And that's one of now the things. And what's he think of it? He thinks it's not a big deal. What's not a big deal? The, the amount of debt. The well, amount. Can it go on for eternity like this? Uh, he doesn't. Or he, just one generation? He, 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 <laughs> I, mean, I have these conversations and he keeps telling me I don't understand because it's not a big deal. The interest rates are low. It makes sense to reinvest back in the economy because the return is going to be higher over the long term. So we shouldn't worry about debt. What if rates go up? He said that that is a. Uh, so is, what is the statistical, statistical probability of interest rates being higher in the next 20 years? At the same time, he says that because the Fed actually has so many levers to pull and they've gotten so good at it that the chances of debt going up, interest rates going up significantly is is. Well, there we go. Not then. there. <laughs> We heard it right there from a almost graduate from UCLA. <laughs> Don't need to read this. Right. Uh, you know, it's what if, though. What if. It is. Um, I think we should all be concerned. Oh, I'm. Well, I tell you what. The biggest risk for retirees is inflation. Inflation. Always has been. Always. That is the biggest risk for retirees. And you look at countries that have gone through some upheaval. When the Soviet Union fell, the pensions suddenly became worthless because the ruble was, I mean, like hyperinflation is disastrous for retirees, pensions, fixed income. I mean, so we have no inflation, relatively low inflation now. But, but I, look, if I was retiring day, I'd want to make sure I've got everything planned such that if we have a period of high inflation, I've got some assets in there. They're going to keep pace with the, at least keep pace with the rate of inflation. So which, are, which is equities, stocks. Yes, you need to have some things in there. So, anyway, that's um, let's let's take some calls because the calls are more interesting. Eight three three ninety nine worth is the number to be part of the program here. Eight three three ninety nine worth. That's eight three three triple nine 
877-867-6784. That'll get you on the program. And let's uh, start off here. We're going to talk with Robin. Robin, you're with Allworth's Money Matters. Hi there. How Hi, are you? Robin. We're wonderful. Good, good. So, question about long-term care policies. All righty. Yep. And my question is, I've had it since uh, tw- 2004, and I was 50 years old, and so now I'm a little older. I guess I'll be 67 next month. And the premiums have gone up 40% at this point, and so I always get mad and want to quit it when it's right. going up, and I don't know when it's going to stop. But uh, I wanted to hear you I mean, guys' I think, opinion I mean, you, on Yeah, yeah. I, I, you probably read enough to kind of understand what happened in the – insurance world and why that is right yes it's not that they're out trying to really take advantage of people it's just that they mispriced it frankly and they never expected interest rates so low which is you know what an insurance company takes those monies and they invest them in a reserve fund and part of that is a large portion of it is bond and with interest rates Mm -hmm. dropping their returns um, have subsequently fallen as well which means there's two things. One, they mispriced these morbidity tables, and then they mispriced where the bonds were going to the yields. But the big question is, do you need it? Because if you have lots and lots of money. Bill Gates. Then you can actually. <laughs> I don't think he has long-term care insurance. We're safe. We're safe. No, no, I'm not a Bill Gates. <laughs> and if you're broke, you don't need it. Well, you can't buy it anyway. If you're broke, the state will take care of you. It's kind of in the middle is where people get squeezed. And those are two great yeah. examples. But so, give us a little rundown on your financial situation. Uh, how much income is coming in? I assume you are. Uh, do you have a spouse? I do. I do. And you're both and, retired. Um, yes. Yes. And he's sixty, and I'm sixty-seven. So. And how much we is live the, a pretty simple life? And <laughs> how much income comes into the household on an annual basis? About uh, 45000 And how much money do you have in savings? Um, the portfolio at this time is sitting at $3 million. Okay. And this $45,000 a year, uh, your husband is not on Social Security, but you are? Yes. I just went on it, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And th- so and the it- money's coming from basically dividends from our investments and from uh, my Social Security and what else? Let's see. What else is it coming from? And how is the long-term care insurance policy structured? You, you're paying X dollars per year in exchange for what? Yeah. Well, looking at it, I think I may have a gold account. Um, basically, it's got maximum lifetime. It's unlimited. Oh. Um Originally, I had a maximum uh, day, day rate of 180 back in 20, 2004, and I bought a high, um, a high nursing home price rider on it. So now, currently, it covers uh, up to $392 a day. So and how much are your premiums? Covers um, let's see, they will be in 2020, in 2023, when they're finished with the three years of increasing, it'll be 7,000 a year for the two of us. And, oh, and your home, I assume is paid for? Yes. And so, how long is the, uh, the waiting period, the elimination period on this? Uh, we went for 30 days. If so at a minimum, I would ex- I would try to extend that out as long as possible. I doubt it saves much on this policy, though, Scott, because of how it was underwritten all those years ago. I mean, it is a phenomenal policy. It is an unbelievable policy. That's what I'm thinking. When it I is, called a friend and asked them, it, it, I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's an unbelievable oh policy. I, I, you yeah. should keep this. You should keep it. Okay. Let's, let's look at this. $7,000 a year. Just take it right out of your portfolio. Do not just, take it out of your cash flow. That's right. Just take it right out of the portfolio. Take it's it portfolio right from the portfolio. protection. That's what you're buying. Okay. That is what okay. that is what they're buying. That's a good way to look at it. Right. Because you could afford to insure yourself, right? Which you've got three million dollars. Mm-hmm. If both you and your husband by some weird circumstances went into a long term care facility together. You can last a long time for, for three million dollars. Yes, you could last 
indefinitely. Right. But you're, in fact, who who's the the beneficiaries of your estate? Um, our daughter. Okay, just send the bill to her and ask her if she wants to pay it because <laughs> that's who it's for. <laughs> <laughs> I know what she'll say. <laughs> but that's who it's for. That's, that's, I keep it. That's, that's truly, if you think about it, because you can afford to self-insure, you decided it years ago, quite some years yeah. ago, when you were in your 50s, that you were going to pay a premium for someone else to take this risk. And even though it's gone up by 40%, by the way, which is not a large increase on a long-term care policy like in the last 16 years. It's not that wow. large at all relative to what we have seen others. Pay the seven. If it goes up to 12, pay the 12. If it goes up to 15, pay the 15. Take it right out of the portfolio. Um, this okay. is money well spent. Now, okay. the rest of the listeners. This is, Robin has gotten a, a, a really good deal on this policy. If for uh, 3,500 bucks each, somebody can go out and buy this policy. I would have this policy. I would have, I, yes. You can't buy that today. You can't buy it today. So, no, uh, yeah, this is no longer available. Yeah. No, Definitely not keep, even yeah. close. Not even close. And as long as the company's financially secure, uh, you're, you're fine. Yeah, yeah, so, and they are. Right. It's huge. Oh, perfect. Just perfect. take the money right out of your portfolio. Don't do not have it come from your cash flow. Yeah, do not don't do that. Skip you know, yeah, a, cool. a weekend trip because you don't have the cash because you paid your long term care insurance. Yeah, in fact, you should start okay. spending a little bit more of that three million if you're living on just forty five k a year. That's what I was thinking, and that is so hard to change. I know. That's why you have a it. lifetime of saving. I know. That's why you have it. You show me someone that doesn't care about money, I'll show you someone that doesn't have any. No, tr truly, it's all right. It's all right. That, that's a good a good challenge for the year. No, no, but here's how to do it. Just you don't have to start large. And remember, your husband's um, your husband's going to start Social Security in a couple years. Um, yes. In this situation, I would start sending myself an extra fifteen hundred to two thousand dollars a month. Just send it, send it, and your advisor, if you want to know so where it's in it comes your from, account. so it's in your checking account. You're going to withhold taxes on it. Start somewhere. Start somewhere. A good advisor right. will how, actually. How much is this? Is in in IRAs and four hundred one ks and. Um, let's see, 1.5 is in equities. No, yeah, but uh, in, in, in... A million is in, is in IRAs, traditional IRAs. How about 401k? And then 500 in Roths. And oh, did okay. you inherit any of this Roth, money? So you, no. And you've been, so you've been converting some to Roth over the years? Um, yeah, that's what we're in the middle of Beautiful. doing now. Oh, yeah, so good. I actually have another question on that one. Oh, if we fire have away. Time. Go ahead, fire so. away. Cause this is I'll, answer, I'll spend all day talking with you. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> there are some calls you're like, oh, my. You're like, oh, this call ever in. You're like, Robin, she kind of got it together. <laughs> all right. So I listen to you guys a lot. And so I hear you say um, regarding Social Security, if you don't, if you don't need it, then take it. And so, you know, I was questioning that, that, you know, logic. And so then we ran it through our little program that my husband's created. And so I'm looking at doing Roths and what happens if we take a Social Security early, then that reduces the amount of Roths that we can convert, That's correct? Right. That is correct. I mean, correct. otherwise that... it puts us into a bigger That's right. tax bracket. That is 100% so, correct. You got to run the numbers right. multiple ways. Yeah. And yeah. then you make yeah. a, yeah. then you make a, you make a, a bet you make a guess and and, and the reason we say that robin is it's because we worry about more legislative risk than financial yes. risk to social security and so you're right now at forty five thousand. i like the strategy you're using you might put off his social security until age 65 or 67 that's with mm -hmm. the assumption that's with the assumption that there is no legislative change and what are legislative changes who knows? Who knows? <laughs> right? That was that was my question. Did is it better? Were you guys also suggesting uh, basically it's better to get your foot in the door in Social Security so that you would be grandfathered and not impacted so much if you yeah? Know, we think wait about this. And then Let, something's happened. Let's go out another. T let's go out uh, ten years from now when Social Security trust fund is is bankrupt, and okay. when you have to take required minimum distributions. Yes. Right. Yeah. So you've got a. That's the yeah. Well, okay. So right the now we got a storm. 
Okay, well, that's what's in front of us. And it's not 30 <laughs> years out. That's 10 years from now. Nine years okay. from now. And you're doing the Roth conversions, right? So you want to do as much of the Roth conversion, obviously, before his age 62. Yeah. Right? Which would be the earliest he could And then it just means skin. you can't convert. I'd probably still take it. Yeah, I'd probably take it. And, and what we worry about, we don't even talk about it on the show, is what state of California has recently done this, started talking about a wealth tax. What's wrong mm-hmm. with the federal government saying at some point in time, Okay, for you people that have net worth higher than X, this is how your Social Security is going to be. Well, of course, I could see right. that happening. Well, not net worth, income. There's a, Whatever. There's a, the only net worth tax we have right now is an estate tax. That's the only That's net right. worth tax that, that exists today. Because mm-hmm. dead people have a hard time defending themselves. Yes. Yeah. Right. So now you're saying that Worry about you're that recommending that we we still do 62. No, for I don't know. I'd I'd, deal, I'd 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 answer that question at, uh, when a he was month 62 or so before that. Yeah, yeah, but I would do the Roth okay. conversions today. But I wouldn't. You know, you could spend time worrying but about it. But you're gonna of, get a, and that long term care. Seriously, just make sure the money comes from the portfolio and not out of your your living expenses. And if you were sitting in our office today, we'd say once a year, here's the money for the long term care. Yep. And then, oh, by the way, we're going to, if you know, the Roth conversions may make sense, but you really need to spend a little bit more money on yourself. <laughs> no, truly. You can't take it with yeah, you. Yeah, I know. You, you, listen, yeah, you're going to give I it, to, you're, gonna either, you're either going to consume it yourself or you're going to give it away well, either while you're living or when you die. And, That's and Robin, your only option. Robin, I didn't grow up with any money, but I tell you what, I fly first class today. You know why I fly first class? Because <laughs> I know when my kids get it, they will. <laughs> 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 I'm trying to beat them to it. Oh, yeah, but you didn't all fly. Right, right. You for it. for 50 years. Oh, I, I can, can do it for, look, 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 spend it. <laughs> I can rally. I can rally. Oh, okay. Good deal. Appreciate it. Wish you well, Robin. All right. Thank Thanks. you. All right. And by the way, I should point out, I don't always fly first class. Normally, when I'm uh, <laughs> going on business and I'm by myself with my whole family, the six of I them. F- I flew with my wife a couple weekends ago, and uh, <laughs> I, I get upgraded sometimes because I fly enough. But uh, we, we, I didn't pay for it, and there's two legs, and the first leg we're sitting together. And I did explain to her. I said, "When I'm with you, when there's two of us, and I, I, we can kind of lean into each other. I don't have to worry about being stuck in some middle seat behind two strangers. I don't. So, but when I'm by myself." You have to sit there? No, I have to sit in first class seat, of course. It's not like you need leg room. <laughs> Every seat's a first class seat to me. I'm a little guy. It's one of the so, benefits about being small. So I, I joke, but um, I do a flight first class sometimes. But I'm with my family, we're normally. Or whatever. All right. <laughs> Continuing on uh, with calls. Uh, we're talking with Joe. Joe, you're with All Worth's Money Matters. Hey guys, uh, thanks for having me on. Yeah. Um, I have a, um, a social security question. Um, I'm calling, I'm from Northern California. I've been here all my life and I'm 52. And um, I retired when I was 50 from a city government job. And so um, I have a pension, but while I was in college and now that I'm retired, I'm working part time and I'm putting money into social security. So, when I did my own research about what I'm going to get, I, I can't give a straight answer whether or not I'm going to get some Social Security, whether I'm going to get zero, yep. will it be reduced to zero? Um, so that, you, that's my concern. So you're, you're receiving a government pension now, is that correct? Yes. Okay. It's, it's from a city. It's from, it's from a city government. Got it. So it's not federal. Yeah, but so it's, it's, it's from... city government. It's and from, you, did, you did not contribute to Social Security... Throughout the other working years, correct? I, I did because what I did was I, I subcontracted uh, a, like a side job. And so I, I paid into Social Security part time while I was working full time. Got it. So, how, how much? <laughs> um, well, I, I looked at my Social Security. I went online and uh, they, it says that I have the uh, necessary 40 work credits mm-hmm. to receive benefits. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I also heard that you have to work at least or put in at least 30 years into the Social Security system. No, well, that's not true. To, to 
get some no. money back. No, nope. forty the forty forty quarters. Yeah, like. that thirty years. I don't know where you're getting that from. Um, I got that from the internet. <laughs> okay, well here's I've what, read I've read the internet. I'm almost done with it. Here's um, what I yeah. here's what I, I if I were so you will have some. There will be an offset, but uh, windfall elimination. But for him, it's almost nothing. It's, yeah, it's not going to be. And I was just going to say I would count on nothing. No, no, no. That, that's what I'm saying because my pension. Um, he's working um, now. Because my wife's working now, so I, I know he's not going to see a huge <laughs> reduction in his social security when he goes to get it in ten years because of his county yeah. social security. Because the stuff that you were putting in while you were working most certainly had an effect. Yes. Yes. So are they going to look at my income? And if I'm married and my wife's a teacher, so she's going to get a pension. Also, and then she put in, she worked part-time also. So we're both married. So how much will your pensions be in retirement? Uh, Combined, it'll be about 170000 And you're worried? Why? Well, I'm not worried. I'm concerned that I'm putting money into Social Security. You have no choice. You have no choice. If you want to work. (laughs) I know. That's the thing. But you have no choice. Like I said, I've seen... Where they said I'll get something. Yeah, so windfall elimination provision. But it, but I, there's there's a second issue that I'd be concerned about too. If you're yeah. you're 52, right? So yeah. <laughs> 10 years from now, I mean, first of all, there's a good chance that in 10 years from now you can't collect it early. So now we're really talking about it's 15 years before you're eligible. In nine years from now, okay. the, the Social Security Trust Fund is bankrupt. Shouldn't say bankrupt. Okay. Well, yeah, because they'll be done with the reserves. They're not going to be collecting as much, enough money to pay out all their beneficiaries. They're going to have to figure out some way to do it, to cut somebody, because if they don't, everyone gets an automatic across-the-board reduction of about of 20-some-odd percent. That's not going to fly to the widow who's living on $622 a month in the middle of nowhere, right? So so Joe shows up with his income of $170,000 a year with his wife. And pensions. Says, with pensions, guaranteed pensions, and says, hey, my turn at the window— I need this money to live. And the Social Security goes, all right, we can give Joe this money because he's got $170,000 a year income. Or we could cut this lady off in Topeka, Kansas, who's 78 years of age. I would bank on getting not one dime. Not a penny. And if you get some, great. But it's 15 years out. Yeah. And I figure because, you know, our parents are both alive. However you believe. <laughs> it's going to them. I guess I'm just, well, one of the things that we like to do in, in, in retirement planning is, is all of our yeah. planning is focused on people having the greatest probability of uh, being able to maintain their lifestyle without outliving their money. It's all based on probabilities. When I look at somebody who's been <laughs> barely paid into Social Security because they paid into their pension, right? That's what's happened over those years. And so there's what's called the windfall elimination provision. That's one strike against you, like it or not. That's. I guess the benefit, you got a pretty nice pension that nobody else can get at age 50. So that's one way to look at things. But then let's, if we go out 15 years from now, when you're at your normal retirement age and the Social Security Trust Fund doesn't have enough money, there's a high probability that Congress is going to legislate it to say there's some people that don't need it, so therefore they're not going to get it. And you're in a good, you know, that might happen to you. I, I am 58 years of age. I suspect that I will be getting Social Security eligible I expect exactly nothing from it not even a little okay right gotcha. and my planning I'm older than you are but yeah. look and and you could say it's fair or unfair no one really cares about fair right it's if you have the <laughs> if you have the means and the resources to support yourself without social security our bet at we've all heard worth, that we've heard that from both Republican as well as Democratic legislators. We've heard people, Chris Christie said, if your income is more than 100 grand in retirement, you shouldn't be getting Social Security. So to answer your question about the windfall elimination provision, you actually, there are programs that could help you predict what it will be, but that's not the question. Just if you get it, be happy. Wouldn't plan for it in my financial plan even a little. It's a gift, basically. Yeah, well, yeah, no. you got to pay into it. It's 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 the taxation Not system in which we live in. If you get it, yeah. call it a gift. It's a social welfare system, social security. So anyway, appreciate the uh, the call. Yeah, I wish we had more control over those things, but we don't.
<laughs> no, I don't want to be in charge of that. Can you imagine that? <laughs> I remember years ago, remember just 15 years ago, they were talking about, get, let, maybe it was 20 years ago, having people opt out of Social Security oh, and invest yeah. the money in the stock market. I mean, that's a great idea. Yeah. The average investor does has really poor returns because they're not great investors. Yeah, that would be great. Just taking people that have almost nothing and then telling them. That'd just be another transfer from the not wealthy to the wealthy. Yes. All right, we need to take a quick break when we come back. Uh, but uh, And we've got some more calls back on the backside here. But I also want to talk about health savings accounts and why they might be, why some say it's preferential to a 401k even. So that's some exciting radio for you. So you don't want to miss that. This is All Worth's uh, Money Matters you listen to. Can't get enough of Allworth's Money Matters? Visit allworthfinancial.com slash radio to listen to the Money Matters podcast. Welcome back to Allworth's Money Matters. Scott Hansen, Pat McClain. Thanks for uh, staying with us. If you'd like to join the show, 833-99-WORTH. That's 833-999-6784. Now, I don't know if I fully agree with this, but... Uh, there was a study that done by Wilson's Towers Watson. They specialize in employment benefits. That basically says young healthy workers should favor health savings accounts after any 401k match. So let's if we look at health savings accounts are a type of accounts that are set up. They're designed to be for high deductible health insurance plans, if you have a high deductible health insurance plans, a way for you to save money in an account so then when you have a health need arise that costs money, you can use your health savings account to pay for that out of pocket before the insurance kicks in. That's kind of the- Versus a low deductible HMO type program. So what this does is actually you retain some of the risk uh, in your health insurance versus an HMO or low deductible yeah. plan. And so uh, many employers have moved to this. All worth, that's what we have for our, our employees. As one of the options? As one of the options. We also have an HMO option as well. You're correct. Uh, but for the uh, high deductible HSA option, uh, the maximum amount that an individual can contribute uh, this year um, is uh, $3,600. And for a family, it's $7,200 you can contribute. When you put the money in... You receive the tax deduction for the money that goes in. It grows tax deferred. And if the funds are used for edu- for health expenses, it's it's never taxed. Comes out tax-free. And you can leave it in there. 50 years? <laughs> the, the rules will change in the future because right now it's. This is what happens is unintended consequences. Uh, when the legislation was made, no one thought that they would be exploited in this manner is to use it for uh, saving dollars for retirement. Now, unlike a 401k, which is you're stuck with whatever your employer's options are with HSAs. Once money goes in, let's say your employer chooses a credit union for the dollars to go into. Once it's in the credit union, you can transfer it to a, an independent custodian that enables you to buy low-cost index funds, for example, or even stocks. And invest it any way you wish. So it gives you a lot of investment flexibility. And when you look at what people, you know, what a cost, medical costs are when you get older, it's um, it certainly makes some sense to, to, to look into it if, if, in fact, you've got a high-deductible plan through your employer to maximize that HSA and to let the money accumulate over the years, not spend it, let it accumulate. We, we, I propose this. I've talked about this before on this radio, this very radio show. I proposed this to my wife and we shut down. When was the last time you proposed it? Uh, probably two years ago. I'm not stupid. I've been married for 35 <laughs> years. You're only going to bring up the same subject ever so often. <laughs> Although I feel a little more stupid this last uh, year because- <laughs> There's certain, I think, I don't think I've, I think with this whole response to the pandemic, my patience has not been what it typically is. And so usually things that I was, would be fine with, with my wife, sometimes I'm not quite as fine. And then 
we've gotten into arguments that I'm like, I know better. Like I should have not <laughs> right. gone there. Well, I should not have. There, there may be some stresses on her as well. That is not only you that causes you both to react differently. I hadn't thought about that. All I know is my yard looks great because <laughs> I just go around and walk around the yard. All right, let's uh, let's take some calls here. Uh, again, to be part of the program, 833-99-WORTH. We're talking with Dave. Dave, you're with All Worth Money Matters. Hi, Scott. Hey, Pat. Um, so my um, question is, uh, first, about annuities. I don't have an annuity. I have had several insurance companies trying to sell me annuities. I'm uh, 63, probably a few years away from retirement. Um I probably have somewhere around uh, 3.5 million in uh, savings. Um, half of that's probably in, I'll call it my fund account, my joint brokerage account. Uh-huh. The other half is in a self-directed IRA. I still work, so I have uh, uh, about 400,000 in my company IRA. Got uh, in- or, or, or four. 401k, I should say, 401k. So a 1.75 in qualified IRAs and another 400k in. And what's your approximate, are you are you married? Yes. And what's your approximate family income? Um, 225. Okay. And do you owe anyone any money? I owe nothing. Okay. All right. What's your question for us? Oh, about the annuities. So my question is, uh, well, I want to talk about annuities, but I also like to talk about the Roth conversion. So um, annuities, well, what's your opinion on annuities? You, are they you good need or an, are they bad? You need an annuity like you need another hole in your head. Seriously. Uh, that's what I wanted to hear. It's just garbage. <laughs> For you, look, look, you have been obviously a great saver, assuming that none of this is inherited or gifted or a large settlement. Even still, he has it. So, but, it's, Yeah, you're a good saver. We're, we're looking at, um, you know, what oh, three point nine million dollars in savings, right? Uh, one seven five in brokerage, another one point seven five, and four hundred in a four hundred one k. You're sixty three years of age. You will easily be able to replace uh, the family income, and you probably won't even need to replace two twenty five. You're probably living on a lot less than that, is my guess. Um, the problem with true. annuities: you buy an annuity today, what happens? You give your money to the insurance company. They'll, what, they'll, 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 those, they'll issue a block of annuities with an objective to raise a certain amount of capital, right? Let's call it, let's call it a billion dollars, whatever it is. Right? They'll, they'll come out with a new name for this product. They, they issue, they raise the amount of capital they need. Then they go in the marketplace and invest it primarily in bonds. So when that happens, you're buying bonds at very low rates. And for longer maturities. If you're buying an index annuity, they take a portion of the returns from the bonds and they go buy options on an underlying index in order to give you some downside protection. But that comes at a cost. So there's no magic recipe that an insurance company has. That they can do a better job investing than you can. None whatsoever. Um, they're just, it's how they're packaged and, and they sold. pay huge commissions to the agents. So, Five, six, eight, ten percent commission. Sometimes more. But but in wow, a, really? Yeah, Huge. it's unbelievable. I mean, we should actually start posting ads of these uh, commission schedules on um uh, on our website because I don't know if that's legal or not. Because we, the periodicals that we read have these ads. One of my favorite is says your ship has come in. And it's this is selling to insurance agents, brokers. That was maybe twenty years ago, <laughs> with their shift coming and had the commission schedule there. Not never talked about the product, just the commission. Yeah, that's right. Schedule. So, but the point being is, I assume that your portfolio is fairly well diversified. Um, it is. It is. I'm in a lot of uh, on my self directed IRA. I'm in a lot of uh, index funds. You know, large, small. Um, you know, balance between growth and value type uh, instruments. So it, it's it's pretty well balanced. In my brokerage account, I've um, I'm not smarter than anybody else. I've just been extremely lucky, and it has grown tremendously. Yeah, that's it. That's <laughs> over it. The, over the last ten years, I've just been lucky. Yeah, that's so. it. It's all luck. 
<laughs> nothing to do with you saving yeah, and investing. Not, nothing to do with you being patient. Yeah, you're, well, you're like a victim. It just yeah, happened yeah, to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, yeah, you're like the guy with a ham under his arm looking for a piece of bread. Um, look, you've been patient and persistent. And that 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 quality it will not change. And the idea behind annuities is how they're sold is it somehow give you downside protection or a magic panacea to market woes. It, it doesn't, the cost associated with getting there is not worth the money. That's just the reality. And you, you miss out on so much of the market appreciation. So you, they're so, they're so restrictive. So anyway, any other Perfect. questions? So my, yes, I have one other quick question. So, um, so with all of the free money that uh, uh, we've been giving away lately with this stimulus and that stimulus, um, I am looking at, uh, you know, I understand that I have a large amount of money in a self-directed IRA, which is going to be brutal uh, when I do turn 72 and the RMDs come into play. And uh, and that on top of uh, I don't have any other, you know, pension plan or anything like that. But I, uh, you know, to put, with Social Security, that's probably going to get taxed at uh, pretty much 80 uh, um, percent. So my question is this. If my income is 225. I, I, I'm anticipating the Biden administration is probably going to increase our taxes here in some time in the next few years, if not sooner rather than later. So right now I have a sweet spot, the 24% tax bracket between the 170 and, and 325. So if I'm making 225, would it be prudent to pull out uh, money out of my IRA? I'm 63, so I don't think I would be penalized. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, it wouldn't matter anyway. But would it be would it be prudent to pull that money out of my self-directed IRA, go ahead and pay the tax, roll that into a Roth, and uh, keep my income under the 324 to keep me in that 24% tax bracket, as opposed to continuing um, to get potentially to see that 24 to go to 28 to go to 32, whatever, yeah, yeah. We're, uh, we're, when I pull that money out. We're with you. Uh, we, we understand exactly where you're going with this. So, I mean, there, there, there's a high probability that your taxable income will be less in retirement than it is today. That's what you have to play with. Because if you were, because your brokerage account, for example, I mean, you, you, you could generate 225 a year now with your portfolio by having some IRA distribution some some capital gain um, realization from selling an appreciated security in your brokerage account, and then probably some cash from your brokerage account or something that hasn't had much appreciation. So you can structure your your, your income with much less taxable income than you've got today, and then and then do the Roth conversions then. So uh, we, I know where you're going so with this. So you're saying that I would still be better so, off if I was going. Because I'll tell you what I did let's this, assume, year. Let's this, just, this year. Was, go ahead. Right, go ahead. Yes, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, let's assume your retirement account's doubled in the next 10 years. Okay? So there's three million, three and a half million dollars. And your requirement well, is just. 400 in the 401k, so it's two one, so it'd be four million. Well, I've heard two different numbers. So let's. Okay. Four million. Okay. Requirement. So just figure this. So, yeah. So, so figure 1.5 is is in a joint account outside of the uh, self-directed IRA. In the self-directed IRA, there's uh, let, let's just okay. say so it's two million one, bucks. Let's call it two million. Yep, two million. That's that's a good number. It's four million down the road. Your required minimum distributions at that point are four percent of that, or one hundred and sixty thousand. It's just less than your taxable income today. Which would tell us that we shouldn't be doing conversions. Well, if you do, you just need that you know the, the the bet you're making. But what you would want to do is maybe wait between the ages of, let's say you quit working at age 67, you would actually want to do the conversions between the yeah. ages of 67 and, and 72. Right. Does that so make that's sense? That's kind of the sweet spot. Yeah, yeah, once well, you're not working, that's yeah, when, that's, that's once you're working because you could live off the brokerage while you're doing the conversions on the rest of it and convert at, at, at much more favorable rates than you would get a conversion at today. So the minute your income drops to zero, your earned income is when you actually just go all in with the strategy. And it may require you not taking Social Security for a number of years, which is a whole different question on the other side, which is a counterbalance to this which is the argument against this, which is maybe with this kind of income, you should start taking Social Security What's, as soon as you can. What state are you in again, Dave? 
Kentucky. What's the tax structure like in Kentucky? Um, it's like 6% um, state. And, you know, if I'm paying 24 right now, so I'm paying 30%. If it, yeah, if it were I, me, I, I would have a it. tough one to do. I, I would, wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. If it were me, I would I'd take the bet that I could still have some chances to manage my finances down the road. It, how, how, in spite how, of the tax. how long do you think you'll be earning? The family will be earning 225. Um, you know, in reality, I, I feel like if I lost my job today, I would be fine. Um, in reality, I'm probably working for health insurance. So, you know, I'll be 64 this year. So next uh, in 2022, I'll be 65. Um, at that point, I, I do enjoy my job. So, um, but uh, the Medicare uh, I'll, I'll, I'll say for argument's sake, a year and a half from now, I'm going to oh, retire. Oh, then yeah. absolutely do not do the Roth conversion. I would wait until that time when you retire. Yeah. Absolutely. And then call call our show and we'll walk through it again. But I wouldn't do anything until then. Okay. All right. All right. That's our opinion. Very good. Yeah. All right. That's what he, uh, that's what he, I think I that's what he called I for. <laughs> I think that's what he called hey, for. Hey, wish you well, Dave. I Thanks. appreciate uh, Thank you for the uh, information and the uh, guidance. Yeah. All right. Appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks Let's continue with calls, talking with John. John, you're with Allworth's Money Matters. Hey, Pat and Scott. How are you? We're well. How are you doing, John? Good, thank you. Um, so I, I guess let me just preface. I think what sparked my uh, interest in connecting with you guys was something I heard on a, from another caller uh, a couple of weeks ago about um, uh, alternative ways to, you know, develop wealth and, and didn't want to own his own home. He wanted a, uh, wanted to possibly invest in, in real estate. And so um, I think I found myself currently in a situation. I'm, I've been renting for some time for a number of reasons. I mean, uh, you know, uh, wanted some flexibility for a period of time, uh, post a divorce. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, and then previous to, you know, the pandemic really thought there might be a drop in, uh, values, but I've also owned a duplex for some time. You still um, own the duplex? I do. Okay. And I've pondered, you know, what to do with it for, for some time, you know, it, it, it's, uh, it's managed by a property management company and, you know, a, a check comes in the mail every month. Right. So mm -hmm. to speak, I mean, it's been fairly maintenance free, uh, lived there a long time ago, but uh, long since, you know, have not lived there. Um, and so anyways, I, I, you know, I'll, I expect to probably buy, uh, my own residence, you know, uh, I, I think I'm going to get into the housing market and, I want to own something again for myself. I yeah. think that's the right thing to do. I've had, I've had subpar um, uh, rent for some time, and then about a year ago that went up, and the pandemic ha happened. Yep. And you know, I just thought that I'll wait it out. I have cash in the bank, and I, you know, with interest rates where they are, and I, yep. I don't necessarily see things backing up. Yeah. So, are you, um, you, so your question for us is, what would you do with the duplex? Oh, I keep it. Try to. How, what's your? You, what about a ten? What about a ten thirty one exchange? My first thought was, like my first thought, you can do a ten thirty one exchange into a new property, sell the duplex, transfer it into, into a home, but you can't immediately go live in that. You'd have to rent it out for a period of time for a number of years. And if you could, maybe not a number of years, but some period of time. But but if if you've got a, a foothold in real estate, so you can do that at any point in time. Right. right. And in fact, that. Yep. And and uh, that recommendation has been made. I mean, I've looked what, at what are the what's the duplex look, worth? Both of them. What are they worth? Come on. 650. What do you owe on it? I, it's been paid off for a, a while. And, and what's much, your annual income? Yeah. Thank you. Uh, my annual income without rental income, about a, put it at one hundred and thirty and then another. um Another 34 on the duplex. How old are you? Gross. 56. And what do you have in 401ks and IRAs? Um, 1.4 in IRA, 70 in Roth, and a little bit in a 401k because I, I moved, uh, moved jobs recently. Do you owe anyone in the world money? No. How old are you? 56. Do whatever you want. I almost said the same exact words. <laughs> Do whatever you want. You're golden. Look, you can afford to go buy another house and keep the the, yeah. the, the duplex, the, the, which is why so, I started so here, with. Let me, okay. All right. So let me ask you this. Um, 
does it make any sense to go invest in a primary residence and a and another uh, you know property small single family home? Well, it depends on what you want. The best thing you could do well, is what, what do you have? As, what do you have as far as cash sitting around? Uh, two hundred and fifty. Yeah, maybe, maybe a little bit. I, I would more. I would tackle one at a time. I go get yourself a primary residence yeah. that you want to live in. Make it your forever home. Uh, put as much cash down as you possibly can. Get a ten-year fixed rate on the remaining amount, and uh, try to pay it off by the time you're sixty-six. And then keep doing everything okay. else you're doing. That's what I would do. Because at some point in time, you're going to have to land somewhere. Now, where do you live now? In what part of the country? Oh, I'm uh, Sacramento. Okay. Do you plan on staying in Northern California the rest I, of your life? I don't know. I, I mean, I hear you. you know, I'm, I'm a uh, been a long time listener to the show, and um, you know, I, I when you ask people that, I my answer, I always say to myself, I don't know. All right. Well, then I that means you probably that, yeah. you're probably going to stay here. So that's the, the when you say I don't know, you haven't given it any thought. You haven't <laughs> like I have friends that went down to well, your dream. Well, no, I went to, I have friends that went to Florida last week to see um, what it looked like on the Gulf coast and to Destin, um, Florida. And they're, I mean, they've gone past the dream stage. They're out looking. So in your situation, go buy a home that you feel comfortable that you can live in for the rest of your life and put as much cash in there and finance the rest over a 10 year, 15 year note. Try to pay it off before you retire and keep the, um, the duplex. Scott. Yep. I wouldn't buy. I wouldn't. Uh, I yeah. I wouldn't buy another duplex. No, no. You another. Need to, yeah, yeah. You're, you're doing fine without it. Just get get a house. Oh, you, wouldn't, you, you wouldn't. You wouldn't. You wouldn't trouble yourself with another. Uh, I personally property. have. I personally have two uh, residential rentals, and uh, mm-hmm. about once a month I ponder selling them. <laughs> so I. You manage them yourself? No. Oh gosh, no. Else? No, but even okay. I must. Uh, so. I mean, I'll get an email like, "Oh, we." I have a really good property manager where he does takes care of stuff, yeah. but it's just. It's, but that's. Uh, but the point is, is you need you're going to need some place that you're going to want to land and live forever, and it's not going to be a rental house. So that's why you're going to go right. buy the house that you plan on living forever. It doesn't have to be super elaborate. It doesn't have to be a over the top neighborhood. You should think about when you're 75, probably want a single floor story. You know, well, he may or may not want to live in the same house for 15 years. Well, he, but you're going to plan like that. Don't you plan like that? Yeah, I just remodel. Like- I just, re- yeah, I've been in the same house 17 years. We just remodeled it. And yeah. my, my wife says we're not going anywhere. They probably have to yeah. probably remodel again in 15 years. I yeah, guess. I, I we know. repaint the inside of our house every four years. My house is 200 square feet uh, smaller than it was when we moved in. <laughs> just the paint. Just the paint. <laughs> Anyway, appreciate the call. Thank you. Thanks, John. Let's now talk with David. David, you're with Scott Hanson, Pat McLean, Allworth's Money Matters. Hello. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Yeah. Um, I've been reading about this great reset, and it's got me kind of worried about my future retirement. And I was just wondering what you thought about that, and maybe also what you thought about uh, cryptocurrencies, you know, specifically Bitcoin and maybe uh, precious metals. Is it part of your investment portfolio? Yeah. What reset are you talking about? Well, it's this great reset where supposedly, you know, there's going to be a, a socialist uh, transfer of wealth. And um, I guess because of the, the uh, unfunded liabilities and the t- trillions of dollars of debt and the money printing. And um, when I, when I, I was, was, I remember when I was in, this is, I graduated in high school in 1984 and around 19, was it 1980? I remember when I had, I don't know, it was sometime a couple of years after that. And I had a, a friend of mine who was a few years older than me. Uh, we met for, for breakfast and he gave me a book. The Coming Economic Doom was the title. This was mid 80s. The Coming Economic Doom. And it made this argument based upon the de- deficit spending at the time and the debt and why stocks were going to plummet, blah, 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 blah. And I, I remember that because I think if I would have followed that advice in the 80s, how different my life would be today. Because we've had anything <laughs> but a, an economic doom. I mean, it's been, it's been phenomenal times for many Americans over the last um, you know, three decades, four decades. So I, 
we have some we have some issues in our country. Um, if there ever some sort of time when the U.S. dollar has is is of little value, we're going to have absolute chaos here. Um, and I think those I think you what you want is political connection more than anything else at that time, depending on what kind of great reset you're talking about. Yeah. So I, I, I own I personally own no cryptocurrency. I personally own no precious metals. So I can't it's hard for me to advise on a great reset that I don't believe is going to happen. Yeah. Will there be a transfer of wealth? Oh, you bet. There's always been a transfer of wealth. Sometimes it goes from those that don't have so much to those that have a lot. And sometimes it goes the other way. Right. That is just how it works. Um, are we going to become a communist society? No. Are we going to become a little bit more socialist? Yes. Will we get through it? Yeah, we'll get through it. Will have we been be more socialist in other periods of time? We yes. have absolutely been more socialist in other periods of time. The pendulum will swing. It normally swings too far in one direction for a period of time, and then it swings back again. Um, look, you can prepare the portfolio for anything that you scenario you can create in your mind, and then you could uh, make an argument as to why it should be that way. And just tell you, our experience is, Will cryptocurrencies play a role in the future? Possibly. Possibly. The technology certainly will. Yes. Blockchain is here to stay. Um, and by the way, it's been around for a long, long time. Uh, precious metals, I have no interest in them. So anyway, appreciate the call. Yeah. And uh, let's, let's all hope there's no big, great reset. Well, unfortunately, this is all the time we have this week. But as usual, it is great to be with you on, um, on the program here. And if you don't listen to us via podcast yet, uh, you can go to our website. It tells you how to subscribe or wherever you're getting your podcast. You can get uh, just sign up for the podcast there. And if you haven't been on our website in a while, we've got a lot of great tools on, on our website, calculators. Um, it's just like this program is very educational. You'll find our website is very similar, very educational, allworthfinancial.com, and you can spend all the time you like there. It, you could spend days there if <laughs> you, you wish. You could. Yeah. Anyway, it's been great being with you. We'll see you next week. This has been Scott Hanson, Pat McLean, Allworth's Money Matters. This program has been brought to you by Allworth Financial, a registered investment advisory firm. Any ideas presented during this program are not intended to provide specific financial advice. You should consult your own financial advisor, tax consultant, or estate planning attorney to conduct your own due diligence.